Welcome to JRoot Radio. This is the Halakha Hour on JRoot Radio, live on Wednesday afternoon at 2 o'clock. This today is Zot Hanukkah, Zoyz Hanukkah, where Barzat Hashem, we have a special class today. And today's class, just let's start getting uh, in the beginning, give a little bit of background. Our class over here, we discuss the halachot and the laws from the Benish High. It's a, basically a halakha class in the Benish High. Whenever there's an event coming up, there's any of the holidays, so we take a little bit of a break. We learn the halachot of those holidays while we interrupt from the regular schedule that we have. Today's class is going to be a little bit different. Although we usually do halakha, but today's class we're going to do a little bit more of anyana uh, deyoma current events. We're going to speak about today's special day, the last day of Hanukkah, Zot Hanukkah, and some things about the holiday of Hanukkah now that we're leaving Hanukkah on the last day. So we're going to discuss a few things. And the reason for this is because now our normal schedule, we stopped by Parashat Vayishlah in the second year in the Benish High, where we discussed the Halakhot of Shabbat when it comes to what one could talk about on Shabbat, what one could read, about, what one could read on Shabbat. And we came up to the laws of Amir al-Akum what one could tell a goy on Shabbat. And being that, it's a big subject. And next week, we have to interrupt again because next week we have a fast, Asada Betebet. And next week, we're going to play probably, we're going to speak a little bit about the fast a little bit and some other halakhot that are relevant to the season. So I don't want to come into the subject and jump out of it again. So in two weeks, we'll continue the halakhot class from the Ben Ishai. So, But today's class, Bazat Hashem, is going to be about the following subjects and whatever we could get up to. We're going to discuss, first of all, Zot Hanukkah. What's so special about this last day of Hanukkah? Why is it any different from any other last day of any holiday? If anything, it's a banana. It doesn't seem like any, anything extraordinary. Also, some lessons that, you know, since I'm the only one here, so I'll be sharing my lessons a little bit, what I picked up a little bit from Hanukkah. Small points, some in Musar, some a little bit in Halakha. And if we have time... Maybe we'll get into the subject of donuts. Donuts, you think, is just you're eating a little bit of donut. What's a big deal? But there's a lot of things that go actually into the halakhot of a donut. And we'll talk about the different issues that come up with it. Just as small ideas when it comes to the uh, issues of halakha with donuts. Let's begin the class. And today's class is again of Eliyahu Hayim ben Shafiqa Sofiyah. should have a speedy recovery very, very soon. Hashem Hazir First subject, today is the day. Today is the last day of Hanukkah, the eighth day of Hanukkah. And it's known by, especially by the Hasidim, the Ashkenazim, they call it Zoyz Hanukkah, Zot Hanukkah. This is the title that's given to this day. Why? What's the reason? Where did this name come from? Simple. The simple explanation is that we find in today's reading, in the morning, if you went to shul, even though it's out of, uh, of the other holiday of the Goyim, and everybody's ready, running out to work, and they can barely stay for a little bit. But still in Shul, we read the Torah today, one of the longest readings that we do on a regular weekday. And we read the last parts, the last aliyot, basically, of Parashat Naso. And over there, it talks about the Hanukkah Mizbeah, where all the 12 tribes were represented by the Nasi, by their leader of the tribe, when they each brought the same exact korban. Korbanokat, Kesavahad, and it goes on over there. There's 12 different Shabbatim. It started from Rosh Hodesh Nisan until the 12th of Nisan. Everybody brought a korban, exactly the same korban. And we read about it on Hanukkah because it's Hanukkah Tamizbayah and the times of the Beit HaMikdash Hashani. When we kicked out the Greeks, also we had another Hanukkah, which is we reinstituted the Mizbayah and everything that goes with it. So therefore, we say we said in this morning's reading the words Zot Hanukkah Tamizbayah, and therefore the name Zois Hanukkah. Zois is Zot Hanukkah, and that's where the name came from. That's one explanation. That's simple, probably the most likely explanation. Others, there's a lot of different explanations. We'll just give you another two. A son of Sefer called Meir and Hachamim, and he brings over there that usually after Rosh Chodesh the excitement of Hanukkah kind of diminishes. We just had Rosh Hodesh Tibet yesterday. And now we're up to the last days of Hanukkah. So a person, you know, is usually on the end of the holiday, you had enough. How much donuts could you possibly eat already? How many times could you spin the dreidel? And how many times could you sing Ma'asur? And how many times if you're Sfaradi, could you sing the tune of Ma'asur to Nagdishach? In any case, so therefore, if people might be falling out of the holiday, we want to instill in them and say, Zot Hanukkah. It's still Hanukkah right now. And therefore, 
make sure you utilize the day. What's so special about the day, we'll see soon, Razat Hashem. And then we found another explanation, and that is that whenever it says ze or zot in the Torah, usually it refers to something that you could point to. We find in Parashat Shemini, Torah tells us over there that Moshe Rabbeinu tells Ben Israel, zot habehema ashetochenun. Here is the animal that you can eat. And Ashi over there points out, because Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching the laws of Kashrut to the Jewish people, he said the word Zot, it must be, he took every single animal, and he pointed to the Jewish people and he told them, Zot tochlu This you can eat, this you cannot eat. Like also we find in Parashat Bo, Torah says, Ahodesh hazeh lachim. This month is... New to you. And Hazar tell us over there that Moshe Rabbeinu and Aharon were taught by Hashem exactly when the new month begins. And since it says in the Torah, Hashem, so Hashem pointed to the moon and He showed how the moon looks like over here. That's exactly how it has to be when the month, when the Jewish month begins. That's the word Zot, Ze. An idea of Zot Hanukkah Swarim bring it out, bring down is that we should be able at the end of the holiday to pinpoint to point to Hanukkah and say Zot Hanukkah. This was what Hanukkah is all about. Hanukkah is a holiday. We learn all about it before it comes. We know what to do. We know what to do on the, as far as the mitzvot. But every single Jewish holiday that we experience that we go through is not supposed to be just a holiday that we just see. It's supposed to be something that we gain from. It's something that's supposed to bring us closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to come out with something from Hanukkah. And therefore, by the last day, it's the last chance where a person could still say, Zot Hanukkah. This is what I came out from Hanukkah. And how do I know that you need to come out with something from the Torah? Torah talks about the holidays also. Torah talks about the Shoshar Regalim. The three times a year when we have to come to Eres Israel, to Yerushalayim, to the Beit HaMikdash, and bring our Korbanot when we had a Beit HaMikdash. And it says over there, over there, comments bring down that when you come down, I believe it's also Hazal, when you come to the Beit HaMikdash, you're not just supposed to come, besides not coming empty-handed, you have to come with a Korban. You have to come with an offering to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But a bigger Hadush is that when you leave the Beit HaMikdash, you have to leave also with something. You came and you offered, but you have to leave also with something. What did you gain? How much closer were you to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Likewise over here, the holidays, even though it's Zerabanan, what have we gained? Why did Hachamim make it that we should celebrate Hanukkah? Well, there are many, many miracles happen to the Jewish people as a whole. There's Megillah Ta'anit, which tells us, not Megillah but Megillah Ta'anit, which tells us all the different days that really should have been as a celebration for the Jewish people of the miracles Hashem did for us and every community in the Jewish world has some sort of history where there was one day when Hashem saved them from the uh, from terrible Gezerot, yet we find that Hachamim only set up a few holidays. Holiday of Hanukkah is one of them. What's so special about it? And obviously there's something in the air, as we mentioned a few times from the words of the Ramhal, the Ramhal explains that the word holiday in Hebrew means Hag. It's translated as Hag. Hag, the shortest of the word Hag, is from the word Hog. Hog means a circle. So therefore, the holidays are a circle. What does it mean that the holidays are a circle? It means as follows, that when the holiday comes again and again, it's just a circle that we just walk through a circle. It's spiritual lights that come through in that, in that special time. In the times of Beit HaMikdash Hashani, they were able to see it through the miracle of that candle that was able to last for eight days. And every single year, when those eight days come, it's also the same spiritual lights come out. We might not be on the level to be able to see them straight like the way they saw them in the times of Beit HaMikdash Hashani, but the spiritual lights are nevertheless there. And because they're there, we have to take advantage of it, and we have to utilize it to be able to grow from it. We have to be able to retain from those spiritual energies and to get, keep it with us through the days that we don't have the holidays. As Farim bring down, as Fatimid says, how come we find in Parashat Miketz that Torah tells us that what does Yosef tell Parao? He says, listen, there's going to be seven years of plenty. You have seven years, there's a lot of food, a lot of blessings, 
it's going to have so much food in Mitzrayim. But you should be careful because it's going to be seven years right afterwards of complete hunger. What we would call maybe a depression, an economic downfall. It's going to be horrible. It's, the whole market is going to crash. So therefore, Yosef tells his part, oh, you need to find for yourself an ish hacham v'nabon. You need to find an ish hacham v'nabon, who, a smart, wise man who's going to be able to save up from the days of plenty for the days of hunger. Now this is what Yosef promised him. The question is, Fatima asks, what do you need ish hacham v'nabon to do that? Every normal person would know. Listen, there's seven years of hunger. You're traveling to a place where there's no food. You take, and now you're in your house where you have plenty of food. You take food with you. Here we're going to have seven years of hunger. We're going to have seven years of plenty, more than we can have. So let's save up. What do you need Ishaqah bin Abon? And the answer is, most people are not Ishaqah bin Abon. Most people live by the moment. They enjoy the moment. Even when there's plenty, they like to enjoy it. They don't think ahead. They don't plan ahead. They don't think that it's going to be so bad when the years of hunger come. Sfarim bring down that these days of Hanukkah, we are followed by days of darkness. We're in the month of Tevet, which is the darkest month. This is a month of Aisav. This is a month of very, very dark spiritual times. And therefore, we. this is when we find the beginning of the destruction of Beit HaMikdash. We Asarat Tevet. Next week, we're going to fast. So therefore, in the days when we light the world with our menorah, the spiritual world, of course, that is, when we light the menorah and we're lighting up the world and there's so much light coming into the world, we need to take from this holiday and carry with us for the days later on. True, there's a lot of sofa right now. There's a lot of plentiness right now. We have a lot of spiritual energy. We don't know what to do with it. Shul is so long, and there's things and that. We, still, we have to t- take from as much as we can, because we're, gonna, we're about to go into a period of no holidays all the way until Purim, and we need, those, the, we need this, the assistance from those spiritual lights of Hanukkah. This is a little bit of the significance of Hanukkah now in the middle of the winter. As Farim brings down, the Maharal points out that the darkest days of the, of the year are right now. Usually Hanukkah always falls out in December. Last year a little bit November, but usually falls out in December when the days are the shortest. But when we start lighting Menorah, the Maharal points out that's the beginning of when the day starts to get longer. If you noticed, candle lighting was a little bit later last week. And next week will be a little bit later. And so on and so forth. We're going to start having it later and later. Now there's more light into the world. And that's really what this holiday is. Right now it comes in such a pivotal time that in, we need to take those spiritual energies into the days of darkness. Now what's so special about this last day of the holiday? Okay, I understand the whole holiday of Hanukkah is important. It's very good. We got to take the lights and carry it with us. Okay, I got it. Very nice. But what does that have to do with the last day? What's so special about the last day? First of all, you should know, it's brought down in Sfarim, the, the uh, Admur Rajan, that's how you say it, Admur Rajan says that what the tzaddikim can accomplish on Rosh and Yom Kippur, a simple Jew could do on Zot Hanukkah. Very powerful. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, who, you know, they have all these uh, tzedakah organizations where they promise you that the Gidolei Hador are going to say your name, Erev Rosh Hashanah. They're going to pray for you, Erev Yom Kippur. You're getting a blessing from these tzaddikim. Yom Kippur, imagine for the Gidolei Hador to pray for you on Yom Kippur. The Admiral Mirajan says, what they can accomplish in Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, even a simple person can do in Zot Hanukkah. Needs understanding, what's, how come? What's so special? What's, what's so great? So it's funny bring down that usually we don't find Devarim Shebikdusha should be lower than 10 Tefahim. Then if you have a Sefer Torah, you can't keep it lower than 10 Tefahim. And Aaron has to be on a lower uh, table than 10 Tefahim. Kedusha cannot be that low. You have to stand up really. It has to be above 10 Tefahim. Same thing you find the Aaron and Beit HaMikdash was 10 Tefahim high. The Gemara had to explain why it had to be 10 Tefahim high. Because, you know, the Kedushah does not come. The Shekhinah never comes to lower than 10 Tefahim. Here, the mitzvah, the original Takana was that we have to light the menorah within 3 to 10 Tefahim. And like we explained in Halakha, the candles, the flames themselves have to be between 3 to 10 Tefahim. So you see that this spiritual power, the spiritual lights are able to come all the way down, even below 10 Tefahim. And that represents the Jews who are on a lower level. Even the simple people on a level level could all attain from this light, could all pick up from this little bit of light. And that's today, Zot Hanukkah, when the full, when it's in its full effect, everybody gets a sample, everybody gets a, a, a taste of it, 
ever is able to accomplish on this day. Ever, today is a special day of tefillah. It's a special day where a person could pray for children. Bnei Sashar brings down people who don't have children, barren women. It's a special segula on today on Zot Hanukkah to pray for children. It's a special day also to pray that your children should become tzaddikim, as it's brought down in Sefarim. Not Sefarim, the Gemara says, tzaddikim. A person who is ragil, a person who is always accustomed to light the mitzvot that need to be lit, like let's say Nero Shabbat or Ner Hanukkah with shemen, that's what she says over there, with olive oil, then he has children who are tamidah hachamim. That's why we ladies pray for their children when they light the Shabbat candles. It's the same idea over here. Today is the last day when we already lit all the eight days of Hanukkah. And now is the time also to pray for our children. That Hashem should guide them in the right, proper way. They should become Yerei Shamaim, Tamini Hachamim, good, decent, honest Jews. That's a very, very important thing in our days. Maybe once upon a time, you know, we, we would think, okay, it's, it's a regular. But today, it's not regular already. It's special to be good, honest, decent people. That's a very important thing in our society, which is upside down. Another thing that's brought down, and this will get all the men's attention, Sfarim bring down, it's not one, it's not two, it's a lot of Sfarim bring down, that Zot Hanukkah, the last day of Hanukkah, is good, it's a segula for Panasa. It's good to pray for Panasa today. What's it, what's, what, how, how come? It's the eighth day, and as a rule, the Maharal says, every single eight is connected. The Shem Mishmuel says, <coughs> we find in, on Pesach, there's a special piyut that's called Ehad Miyodeya. Who knows one, who knows two, who knows three? And everybody has it in all different languages. I've heard it in, let's see, in English, in Arabic, in Spanish, in Hebrew. And um, I think those are the languages in Turkish. And I heard in all these different languages that people sing these, uh, this Ehad Miyodeya. Everybody has this. I'm sure it's in Yiddish also. Says the you know, on the night of Pesach, such a holy night on Pesach that we're sitting there and we say, this is the night of uh, Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim and it's one of the holiest nights of the year. And we're sitting there singing this childish song, who knows one, who knows two, I know one, I know two. What's the connection here? Says the Shem Mishmael to teach you that every single one in the world connects back to what we say over here in the Piyut. One is Elokeinu Abinu Shabbat And every single two corresponds to Shani Hatabirit. And that's what the Maharal also points out. Every one, every, every number in the Torah is connected to each other. So if we find the number eight, eight represents lemalam nateva. Eight is a word in Hebrew, it means shemona. Shemona is the same letters as neshama, which is a supernatural, above nature. There's a goof, which is physical, nature. And then there's the neshama, which is spiritual, which is supernatural. You have also shamen, Shamin and Shemona is the same thing. Shamin is there's a person who's Savaya, like Sheva, Sheva seven. And Shamin is when a person is beyond normal, beyond the physical, beyond Savaya, beyond seven, it's already eight. It's a higher level. Likewise, we find Shemini Atzeret. It's the eighth day. It's a special day just for the Jewish people. In the seven days of Sukkot, when we had a Beta Mikdash, Torah commands us that we bring a total of 70 ox to the Beit HaMidash as a Korban. Why? The Gemara explains these 70 oxen that we bring are corresponding to the 70 nations. We actually, yes, we offer for the sake of the Goyim, we pray for the welfare of the Goyim as well in our Beit HaMidash on the holiday of Sukkot. However, we come to Shemini Atzeret, we hit the number, how many cows do we bring? Pare had only one. And the Gemara tells us why is it that on Shemini said we only bring one. When all the other holidays we started with 14 and 13 and 12 and we keep on going down. And the holidays we not said we only bring one cow. And the answer is because that day is just for the sake of the Jewish people. Shemini Atzeret is a special day. There's no special mitzvah that you have to do. It's just a special day that Hashem says, me and you, me and the Jewish people, I just want to spend the day together with my children. That's Shemini Atzeret. On that day also we pray for the rain. And the rain represents... Panasa, because we know that the rain is a source for all the stock, all the produce to be able to grow. That is Geshem, from what Geshemiut as well. And therefore, Shemini Atzeret, we pray for rain, for Panasa, because it's a special time that we're sitting together. You know, what do you ask your father for when you're kids? What do you come to ask dad for? 
Daddy, Abba, can I have a few bucks? I need to go hang out with my friends. I need to go to the pizza store. I need money. A person who hits hard comes back to his father. Abba, you know, you know, we need a little parnasah if your father has. You know, because we live in this world and that's uh, pretty much what runs the world a lot is the parnasah. But, you know, obviously it has to be controlled, but that's what runs the world, Panasa. So therefore, in that special day, Zot Hanukkah, it's the eighth day corresponding to the Shemini Atzeret, when we have that special bond together with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we ask Hashem, Abba, a little bit of Panasa, please help us get by, help us pay our bills, help us, you know, get the new house, pay off the mortgage, or whatever it is, pay for all the needs that we have, so we could serve you better, so we don't have to worry constantly, running after our parnasah, so we could serve you better, we could come to classes, and we could we could clear our minds on Shabbat, so this one have to, we're not always thinking about money all the time, and that's today on Zot Hanukkah. Zot Hanukkah, the eighth day, corresponds to Shmini Atzeret, where it's Mesugal also for Parnasa. Also, today is a time for a person to pray for Hatzlaha, success in whatever he does, especially in Tamud Torah. We'll give you a remez. Remez ba'ama, but it's still a nice remez. We know that when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, Yeshua took over, and Hashem in Sefer Yeshua in, Parash, in Perik Aleph tells Yeshua, you're, gonna be, you're the new leader. You're going to guide my children now. And you're going to be successful. I'm with you all the time. So Hashem tells him the following words in the Pasuk. It says, Lo yamush sefer ha-torah ha-zeh bo yoman This sefer Torah should never leave you and should learn with it day and night. Le-ma'an In order that you be able to truly guard what it says in it, which means if you don't learn, it's impossible for you to be able to keep what it says in the Torah. And then Hashem concludes and He tells Yeshua, Ki az Only then you'll be successful and only then you'll be able to be smart in everything that you do. You see clearly, Hatzlaha comes from the Torah. A person who learns Torah will find success not only in learning Torah, but in every endeavor that he takes. In every area of life, if you're like it says in this Pasuk, to learn it day and night in order to keep what Hashem commanded us to keep, then you'll have Hatzlaha. And Svarim already brought down, Maharal already, the word Az represents, which is the Gemach of eight, represents also this idea, Zot Hanukkah, the eighth day. Eighth is a supernatural. It's the Zayin, the seven days of Shabbat Yemei Bereshit. And then the Aleph, which is the supernatural, represents the Ruhaniyut. Aleph is a letter that's only that doesn't have really any, you know, when you want to express the letter Aleph, you, you don't use anything physical. You don't use your lips or your tongue, your teeth. It's just a ah, straight sound. That's the Ruhaniyut. It's the Zayin and the Aleph. That's the eighth, eighth day. Hatzlaha today is also Zot Hanukkah is a day for Hatzlaha. This is just a little bit of a background to understand a little bit Zot Hanukkah, why it's made a big deal. You should know. By the Hasidim, they make a huge deal out of this. All the rebbers make a big tish. They have uh, Saudot. I saw brought down even to the point that even Sfaradim, once upon a time, I don't know how old this Minhag was. I didn't see really a date. But it seems to be an old Minhag that even the Sfaradim would do also something very, very important regarding uh, Zot Hanukkah. They make a Sauda or some sort of event. And it's also brought down that uh, just go yourself and you'll see that the Hasidim make big, big Saudot and big, big deals about Zot Hanukkah. So in order to understand that, we started with that little background. But there are some halakha uh, ramifications. There's some halakhot that we do need to, to know today, even though Hanukkah is over. You don't need to know where to light and when to light. That's already all done with. But there is a halakha in Siman Tafresh Ein Zayn, Halakha Dalit. The last halakha on the Siman, Maran writes the following, Whatever is left over from the eighth day from the oil that is needed for Hadlaka. Now, Shur Hadlaka, we explained in the past, it means the half an hour. Whatever is left over from that half an hour that was needed for Hadlaka, you have to make a fire and burn it by itself. Why Because you designate it for its mitzvah. Now, we have to explain this, and that is that, why is it the eighth day? Why, why is it only what's left over on the eighth day? It should be whatever is left over, anytime. If you tell me it's muqseh for mitzvah, anything. And the answer is that if you have oil that you place in your menorah to light on the first night, 
And remember the ikkar is a half an hour. Whenever that half an hour begins. But let's just go right now. You lit in the time and everybody gives this half an hour. So now you lit within that half an hour. After the half an hour, what happens after the half an hour? There's a leftover oil. That leftover oil after the half an hour is not a problem. Why? Because you're ready, you're, you're, say, the Hubat, the mitzvah, you're ready lit for half an hour. That's it. Whatever you're doing afterwards, it's time. It's maybe it's nice. It's good that you want to publicize the miracle a bit more fine. But as far as the Hayyub, you have been your Tzayyid Hubba. Which oil are we talking about that there's a problem? Only the oil that's within half an hour. How could that be? If you're supposed to light it for half an hour, how could that be? And as is, we already learned the Halakha, which says, Hadlaka Osam Mitzvah. When you light the menorah and the flame goes on and everything is normal and everything should be fine, it was supposed to be lit for the next half an hour, you did your mitzvah. And therefore, Kabta. In Zakukla, once it shuts off, you don't need to come back and you don't need to put it on again because you did your obligation, you already lit it. But what happens now to the oil that was designated to light within that half an hour? That oil, since you put it in your mind that it's going to light for half an hour, you're designated only for the second mitzvah, you cannot derive personal benefit from it. But you could use it to light other menorah, other nights of the of Hanukkah. You can use that oil that was left over from the first night, for the second night, or the third night, or any of the other nights. You only have an issue when you come to the last night of Hanukkah. The last night of Hanukkah, which is the last night, you put oil in your menorah and you lit it. Now within a half an hour, it's shut off. For some reason, you don't want to put it back on. Let's say you left the house. It doesn't make a difference. You come back and you see there's still leftover oil that should have burnt, but now it didn't burn. Now, what are you going to do? You can't use it for tonight. There's no other... You can't use it after Hanukkah. It's, there's no more Hanukkah anymore. So you can say, maybe use it for Nerot Shabbat. And then it says, no, you can't use it for Nerot Shabbat. It was Mukseh Dafka for the Mizvah of Nerot of Hanukkah. You can't even use it to light up the Nerot in the shul. You can't use it as a Yotzai candle. And certainly you can use it in your salad. I don't know why would you want to, but let's say you want to. You can't put it in your salad. You can't put it in um, to light up candles for you. Yeah, that's it. It's muksef from Zvato. So what do you do with it? Maran says over here, you have to burn it. So let's review very quickly. Which oil we talk about? That's only the oil that was placed in the cup and it was lit. If you place it in the cup and you, for some reason you decided not to light, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that you actually lit with it and then it was left over from that half an hour. Anything beyond the half an hour, technically min din, it should be fine. However, some are mahmir, if you put it in the cup and you lit it, and you put it in the cup, let's say two hours, even though Mizrah is only half an hour, since you didn't make any condition, you didn't say that you only want uh, you know, the oil to light for half an hour, and you plan to use oil after half an hour. So therefore, because of that, some are mahmir, even from the leftover oil in the cup, beyond the half an hour. But that's a humrah, if a person wants to be mahmir, it's better. Certainly, the oil that's in the bottle. Let's say you bought, you know, you went to Judaica and you bought the special bottle that says Shemin Zayit Zach and you bought a Dafka for Hanukkah and now you have leftover in that bottle. Everybody agrees that you could use next time you want to make a salad, next time you want to use it for Hadlakat Nero Shabbat, whatever you want to use it for. You could derive benefit from it, you could sell it, you could eat it, do whatever you like. If you want to shower with it, do whatever you like with it. It's mutar. There is no problem with the oil, the olive oil that's in the bottle. It's only problem for the the only problem is for the olive oil inside the cup that was used to light the menorah, which was also which remained from the half an hour that was supposed to light. Only then it's a problem. So what do you do with it? You have to burn it. Question is, do you really have to burn it? Well, it's brought down, some save it, and they put a big uh, you know, marker on it or whatever, they mark it and they, they label it, that this is shaman, this is oil that was left over from Narat Hanukkah, and we're going to burn it with the hamits. Notice, I mentioned, I'm stressing, with the hamits. You cannot use it to burn the hamits because again, you're getting benefit. This is about to burn hamits. And some people will say, you know, okay, let me use olive oil to burn the hamits. That's a sur. If you're burning hamits already and you want to throw in the oil, that's fine. But to use it as fuel to burn your hamits, again, you're getting hana from it and that will be a sur. It's only to burn it with the hamits. 
Now the question is, what about one second? Hold on a second. I don't burn. What am I going to burn right now? I understand in Pesach, it's a little nicer weather. I go outside, I burn. Anyway, we're making fires. But when, how do you want me to burn oil just like that? Do I have to burn it? Or can I just dispose of it? Can I just throw it in the garbage? Can I spill it down the drain? So from the words of the Shohan Aruch, you might, be able, you might say, listen, it says over here, you have to burn it. So you might say, listen, literally, you have to burn it. But if you think of the reason, why do you have to burn it? The reason is brought down. You know why you have to burn it? Because we're scared you might come to use it with something else. You might come to use it in your salad. And so we just said you can't have hana'ah from it. So because we're scared you're going to use it with something else, you can't even save it. You have to take it and burn it, get rid of it. So you might say, okay, as long as I get rid of it, that will be fine. So what's the answer? Do I have to burn it or can I just spill it down the drain, spill it in the sink, throw it in the garbage, flush it down the toilet? What's the, what's the answer? I was surprised when I saw <clears throat> that some said, no, don't throw it. You have to actually burn it. And I know the Hasidim also on say for sure here, I don't live amongst Hasidim. I don't know exactly what they do, but I'm assuming they probably do the same thing. They make a big bonfire and everyone brings their oil and they burn that Shemin, the leftover oil that was left from Hanukkah, if you have any leftover from Hanukkah. But, uh, okay, what about if you're not living amongst Hasidim and you're, you want to burn your thing and your landlord is going to give you a big uh, yell, he might evict you, you know, your neighbors are going to go crazy on you and make a big fire now in their backyard or in their house. How are you going to get rid of the oil? I was very surprised and I saw also the Hamid. So the Hamid brings from a sefer called Knaf Ranana. It's all this old Pradesh Yosef. He says over there that you must burn it. You can't just throw it. Well, I mean, why not? Well, we find by tzitzit, you know, if you have a four-corner garment, you have tzitzit, you have strings on it. That's tzitzit, that's a mitzvah. What happens if, let's say, your tzitzit gets ripped up and now you can't, it's not wearable anymore and you want to get rid of your tzitzit? Could you throw in the garbage? Well, it's not a mitzvah anymore. You took it, you're not using it as a mitzvah anymore. Technically, you could throw it out. Just the mehadrin, the people are medakdek, the people are very careful with them as vote, so they won't just throw it together with the garbage, they might put it in a separate bag, because they don't want to be mebazeh the mitzvah. But min'akar hadin, if it's a seat, you're done with the mitzvah, you could throw it. This is not so by the shemin of Hanukkah. Shemin Hanukkah has kedusha to it, and therefore you can't just throw it together with the regular garbage. That's what the shemin brings down. However, I saw afterwards also brought down the name of Rav Eliyashiv. Ashra Ish is the safer written of the Psakim Rav Eliyashiv. That look at Halab is supposed to burn it. If you could not burn it, then you could spill it down the drain, down in your sink, but don't spill it in your toilet because that's a bizayon. That's uh, degrading the mitzvah that you just use. It's such a holy mitzvah of Nerot Hanukkah. Therefore, you must take it and either burn it or throw it down the drain of your sink where you, you know, not in the bathroom, outside the bathroom. This way, it's a little bit more respectful towards a mitzvah. This is a that's brought down to take from the leftover olive oil of the menorah and use it to smear on a shoshana. shoshana I guess it's some sort of a wound that a person has or some sort of blemish a person has on his skin. That's a segula that's brought down. However, this we, this is contradicting what we just said. We just said you're not allowed to have any hana'ah from it. Oil, one of the ways to have hana'ah is lasukhoto, to rub it on yourself, to use it as a cream. How in the world are you using the leftover olive oil from the menorah as a segula? And the answer is that when we said the leftover olive oil from the menorah you're allowed to use for a segula, we're not talking about the ones that's placed in the cup. Now when we told you that, you're not allowed to have any hana'ah from it, not to eat it, not to anoint with it, not to light up your regular candles with it. You have to burn it, get rid of it, or like we said in the name of Eliyashib, throw it in a, res- a way down the sink in a respectful way. So what's the segula then? The answer is, the segula is only from the leftover olive oil in the jugs, in the cans, or in the bottles that you bought. And that's what it says, The leftovers from the kankanim, from the bottles that contain the olive oil that you're using to fill up the cups, from those bottles, whatever is left over, that is a segula for the shoshana to be able to get rid of that blemish that one has on his skin. This is the segula 
that, and this is how it fits very well today, this is how it fits very well with what we said right now regarding the mitzvah, the uh, burning of the hametz. Up till here, we spoke a little bit of halakha. Now, there's also more than halakha. We, we said beforehand, you have to come out from Hanukkah with something. And something on Avodat from Avodat Hashem. So I saw brought down a few different ideas, which I'll share with you today, about Zot Hanukkah, what a person should come out with. But before that, let me just give you a numbers to the station. If anybody would like to call or text in any of your questions regarding any halachot, leftover halachot from Hanukkah or, or anything pertaining to Hanukkah, you could call to 646, no, sorry, not 646, 718-683-5858, or you could text in to 347-927-8398. Those are the numbers over here. If anybody would like to call or text, you are more than welcome to. We'll continue in what we could pull out of this day. Sefer Tiferet Shmuel brings down that the word Zot, we find Hachamim giving three different explanations of what Zot represents. There's a Pasuk in Parashat Ahremot which talks about Abodat Yom Kippurim. Over there it talks about how Aharon is supposed to do his job on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol. And over there it begins the whole Parashat by the following words. Bezot Yabo Aharon El HaKodesh. With this, Aharon shall come to the Kodesh. We'll just pause a second. We have a line. Hello? 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 Okay, it's not working. Hello? Iran? Okay. We'll get back over here. Let's continue. Tiferet Shmuel brings down that from the words Bezot Yabo Aharon Kodesh, we find Hazal tell us what does it mean Bezot Yabo Aharon Kodesh? Would this Aharon should come into the Kodesh? Hazal tell us that Bezot means represents three things. It represents Torah. How do I know? Because the word Zot it says Zot Torah Israel. The word Zot also represents Brit Milah. As it says, This is my breed, this is my covenant. And also, Zot represents Shabbat, as we find the Torah says, Ashre Enosh Yase Zot. Fortunate is a person, is a man who does this. What is Zot? For that, the Gemara says, it means Shabbat. So he says, in these days, Especially now at the end of Hanukkah, Sfarim bring down that the Gzardin that was written on Rosh Hashanah on a person is completed here. The Gemardin completes together with Hanukkah and it all goes all the way down to this day. And this is a day when a person has to re-strengthen himself in these three areas. In Torah, mean to say, look at yourself, the men especially, how much Torah do we have in our lives? Are we following the classes? Are we continuing the promises that we did for ourselves from Rosh Hashanah? Are we coming to classes? We have. We could begin all over again. If a person didn't make his list, he could start all over again in Torah, Milah, which is not just Brit Milah, but it means all Kedushat Brit, watching what your eyes are looking at, of what you're thinking about, and Shabbat. Shabbat also needs Hezuk, we need to make sure that our Shabbatot are real Shabbatot. We don't talk about things that we're not supposed to talk about on Shabbat. We don't read things that we're not supposed to read on Shabbat. Our house should be where the, our children should enjoy Shabbat, should look forward to Shabbat. Shabbat shouldn't be just that we're having a meal and everybody's running away to wherever they're going to. Our Shabbatot should be spent properly, learning Torah, using it for Ruhaniyut, like the way Shabbatot are meant to be. Those are the three things we have to focus on, on Zot Hanukkah. On Torah, Milah, and Shabbat. Beautiful Remez, today's reading. It says, Today we read that on the eighth day, which is when we bring from the Korbanot that were brought in the times of Hanukkah Bayit, it says over there, On the eighth day, the leader of B'nai Menasheh, his name was Gamliem Pedasur. So this is Hasidish, but it's very nice. Bayom HaShemini, on the eighth day of Hanukkah, this is all the Remes, by the way. Nasi, Nasi means it's elevated, lifted, 
Something that's lifted could also be designated in Hebrew, like terumah, something or naso. They're designated. This eighth day is designated for who? Lebne menashe. What does it mean, lebne menashe? Menashe could be ki nashani Elohim et amali. Hashem made me forget for the children who forgot about Hashem, for the children who forgot about Hakadosh Baruch Hu, This day is designated for them. Why is this day designated for them? Continue reading. It says Gamliel. If they feel that they still connected to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that they still want to get close to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and they declare Gamliel. I still want to be part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem is still for me. I still want to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even though I've fallen, even though I didn't keep any of my promises, this is what I promised for Rosh Hashanah, I said I'm going to become a much better person. I still didn't do it. If you're still that way, the next word says, Ben. You're still considered a son, a close person to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Pedatsur, Sur always represents Hashem. Pada means to redeem. Then you've redeemed also Akadosh Baruch Hu. What does it mean? Could be a whole you've redeemed Akadosh Baruch Hu. It means you've brought Hashem out of Galut. As Svanim tell us, when you fall down, Kibiachol Hashem falls with you. When a Jew goes down spiritually and even physically, Hashem feels his pain. When you're crying out, Gamli El, I also want to return. I also want to become a Bint Akadosh Baruch Hu. So then you're redeemed together with Akadosh Baruch Hu. And this is all Mesugal on this special day. It's brought down in the name of Noam Elimelech that there's a hand that's outstretched in Shamayim from Rosh Hodesh Elul. Outstretched and saying, Come back for everyone to do Teshubah. And it goes away in Hanukkah. When? It goes away today in Zot Hanukkah. The idea of it is that we still have the ability to do Teshubah. And not just any Teshubah. We have the ability to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, especially the promises that we made from Rosh Hashanah. This is a time a person should go back, open up the books that he had from you know, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, all the promises that we made. We said, Be'ezat Hashem, we're going to become better people. Be'ezat Hashem, we're going to focus on more Ruhaniyut. We're going to add more spirituality to our lives. We're going to do a lot more. Now is the time for a person to make sure that he's doing what, he's, what he promised to do, to check up on himself, like the candles of the menorah, right? Small little candle. Check on yourself. Shed some light on your promises. And if you haven't made promises, it's not too late. There's still time right now for a person to accept upon himself and to get closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a special day. What does it mean, special day? Now, usually it's not so easy to just break old habits. But today is a special day if a person wants to. You want to start something new. Today is the day. Zot Hanukkah. Even if you listen to this in the evening, it's already past Zot Hanukkah. It's already bring down that the Kedushah of the day extends till that night of Hatzot. And of course, a person who wants to come back still has the ability to be able to connect to that cohort, to the lights of Menorah, to the lights, the spiritual lights of this day, and do proper Teshuvah. My recommended things is that we find. Basically, the holiday, the whole holiday of Hanukkah was the Greeks. We know we had the whole problem with the Greeks. But it wasn't just a war with the Greeks. It wasn't just a physical war. In fact, as Farim point out, that this war was not a physical war. It was a, it was a, Ruhani, it was a war of Ruhaniyut, of spirituality. We know the Greeks, the Greeks had a philosophy. Everything was physical. They focused completely on the physical. They idolized the bodies. And there's a lot of things that it's too disgusting to talk about even on air, what the Greeks used to do. They were very into the body to the point that Aristo, Aristotle, who was the greatest Greek philosopher, the Rambam speaks highly of him, but he also, the way he viewed the world was completely physical. There's nothing before and nothing afterwards. Completely contradictory to what the Torah teaches us. The Torah tells us there's a beginning and there's going to be an end. Aristotle said, no, there's no beginning. The world was always the way it was and it will always continue to be the same way. This is, the world is exactly as you see it. There's nothing more to the world. That's what the Greeks emphasize on. That's why when we came to make a commemoration for the holiday of Hanukkah, we had two miracles. We had the miracle of the war where a few people were able to outnumber the greatest army at the time, the Greek army. They were able to kick them out of Eris Israel. The second miracle, which seems to be much, much smaller than the first miracle. We just went to the Beit HaMikdash. We lit a menorah. Okay, it was supposed to last one day. It lasted for eight days. And for that, those eight days, we make a commemoration of what? Of the miracle of the menorah. 
What happened to the miracle of the war that we're able to defeat all these uh, goyim? We kicked out all the Greeks from our country. How come we don't make a commemoration for that? We just mentioned it, Derek Agav, as a side point when we say Alan Nisim, by the way, yeah, we Rabbi Mead Me'atim, it's like a side point. Why don't you why don't we emphasize on the miracle of the war? Many different answers, but based on this, we were based on our theme, is that we wanted to make a holiday to focus on the Rahaniyut. Light was always always represents Rahaniyut. Torah Pasuk says in Mishle, Ki ner Hashem Nishmat Adam. The soul of a person is the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Spiritual things are always represented by a candle. When we light a Yotzai candle, we light and we, we light it in order to commemorate, to remember the soul of a person. Because the flame goes up. Everything physical, usually when you throw it up, it goes right down. Fire, or any flame that is, always goes higher, goes up, wants to get closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That is what the celebration of Hanukkah is. It's the time of Ruhaniyut. We have to focus on Ruhaniyut. You want to be, defeat the Greeks. We won the Greeks, right? We beat them. So how are we going to celebrate? What do we, what do we come out with? We have to come out with every Hanukkah becoming more spiritual, not more physical. Okay, we all gained weight from those donuts. We all ate those fried donuts. And even if you had the big donuts, it still had a lot of carbohydrates. And if you're great that you can enjoy yourself, it doesn't make a difference. Okay, at the end of the day, what did you come out with Ruhaniyut? Not how many donuts you ate, well, how much Ruhaniyut did you add in your schedule? How much Ruhaniyut did you add in your life because of Hanukkah, from the story of Hanukkah? We have to add more Ruhaniyut to our lives. How much? You choose. How do we add it? My own recommendation is more classes, more learning, whether it's listening to classes in the car as you're driving, reading more Tehillim, or going and attending actual more classes. Those are very, very important. And I'll tell you another important thing, and that another thing is to cut down from the physical world. Cell phones, smartphones. It's amazing. I, recently somebody gave me a smartphone and it's very, very addictive. And you completely get lost on it. And I don't have any of those social apps and everything else, but you just completely get lost. You, there's so much to do on it. You become oblivious to this world and everything else in the world. If you can't see Ruhaniyut, it's a sign that you're too involved in Gashmiyut. One's eyes are focused only on one thing. You can only see one thing, either Ruhaniyut or Gashmiyut. The more Gashmiyut you see, the less Ruhaniyut you see. The less you focus on the Gashmiyut, the more you'll be able to see the Ruhaniyut. So even if a person is going to learn Torah, don't think, okay, you know what? I set my time for classes. I'm good. What are you doing with yourself? If your cell phone's in the middle and every time you get a text or a phone call, you get up and you interrupt yourself. So how much did you get out of that Torah? How much Ruhaniyut were you able to pull out? You, Chaval, you already set the time. You're away from the house. You're away from your wife. You're away from the kids. And it took you so long to get there. But you have yourself one. Chaval, just put it away for 45 minutes, half an hour, an hour, whatever time that you set for learning Torah. Put the phone away. Even to sit down with your family for dinner, sit around the house. How come Shabbat feels much more Ruhani? Besides, of course, we know Shabbat is a special Shekhinah. But we shut off the physical world. We don't have our cell phones. We don't bother ourselves with our cell phones. That's what we have to do also when it comes to Hanukkah. Hanukkah, we, we have to know what the Greeks came to fight us with, what they tried to do to us, and we have to put that a little bit away from, we have to focus on our Ruhaniyut a little bit more, either by increasing Ruhaniyut or taking away the, the more Gashmiyut or things that make us focus on Gashmiyut. And my recommendation is to cut down on, you know, being lost on your phone when you sit around the family or when you come to class tell you a crazy story. I read the story. This is, uh, it's as true as I read it. Okay, I'm telling you exactly as I read it. When there was a few years ago, when the, you know, Arabs are always doing, making problems and then and they were scared that certainly a, a group of students, they came to Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky, Shlitan, they asked him, Kvod Arav, should we, you know, with all the things that are going on, should we hire security guards to our yeshiva? Should we put a security guard to our yeshiva? Or maybe you know Torah protects us. So Rav Chaim says, no, you don't need. You're learning Torah, your Torah protects you, you don't need to hire a security guard. Okay, thank you very much. On their way out, Rav Chaim calls them back. He says, one second, do the Talmidim in the yeshiva have cell phones? They have them, obviously, when they're learning. They told them, yeah. So then go hire a security guard. That's the story. I'm just saying it the way it is. And it's very, very true. As much as it offends a lot of people, 
And people say, what do you mean? I have my cell phone. I'm still learning. Let's be honest about it. Think of the times when you used to learn without a cell phone. I don't know if you were in yeshiva or going to classes without a cell phone. How much more would you did you get out of it? Take it. Try it. Try it for a month. If you go to classes every day, every night, or if you're a person that's sitting in kolel or yeshiva, try it. Put away your phone when you're sitting down learning. See how much more you gain. It's not going to work maybe one time if you try it only one time. Try it a few times, and then you'll see how much more you'll gain by putting your cell phone away. It's amazing. You know, I know when I come to, to, to sit down to learn, in times when people are not calling me or texting me, much more comes out of it. When I sit down, I have my cell phone on, I'm expecting some some people to call, it's much more distracting, even though they might, they'll probably ask me halachot and different things. Still, from the learning that I'm doing, I don't retain as much. It's always interrupted. There's nothing like continuous learning. We're about to finish. We'll just take a phone call. Somebody is calling in. Hello? 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 Yes, hello? Yes, okay. You're on the okay. okay. Um, I read somewhere that the leftover oil could be used for to put on somebody who has cellulitis. Did right. you ever hear of that? Right, so I just mentioned about that. Um, I'm sorry, I missed that. Yeah, it's fine. It's just we pointed it that the leftover oil has to be the leftover that's in the bottle, not the leftover from the cups that you use to light the menorah. Cause, oh, because that's what I saved, though, is the leftover that I, from the cups. I can't save that oil? Well, it depends. You made a condition when you first lit. Is this the leftover oil from the half an hour? Whatever was left in the cups, the oil that was left over, I pour off and I keep it in a bottle. Okay, so... That's not the oil I'm supposed to use? So I'll tell you like this. There is a halakha that one is not allowed to benefit from the oil that was used to light for the first half an hour. Uh-huh. That's the main part of the mitzvah. So if you have any leftover oil, leftover oil from that half an hour, that means it's shut off on you, then it will be a problem. But if it's not from that first half an hour, and right. you plan to use it like it seems to be over here, that you're preparing yourself for this, right. so then that will not be a problem. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. I'm just double-checking. Yes, thank you very much. My pleasure. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, we have a few minutes left. We had a little bit more to talk about, but we'll just uh, finish off over here. Next week, Be'ezat Hashem, we will talk about the halachot of Asara Betevet and maybe Tikkun Hatzot, Be'ezat Hashem, and maybe some Shovavim. And then the following week after that, we will, Be'ezat Hashem, come back to our schedule from the Benish High on the halachot of Shabbat. We are up to the halachot of Amir Al-Akum. It's a big subject, and Be'ezat Hashem, we hope to clarify it and explain it if anybody would like to call the station as we get off the air if you have any questions you could call in to 718-683-5858 or you could text to 347-927-8398 meanwhile enjoy the last few hours of Hanukkah and hopefully from what we said today we should come out with lights to shine the dark days of the winter until the Orgadol Bazat Hashem in the times of Purim. Bazat Hashem, have a wonderful day and a thank you to Iran and the whole J Root Radio staff.